<clears throat> so we should have it. Just us <clears throat> having. A <clears throat> gender. <clears throat> what up, boys? We are back. It's episode seven of the Hills Cast. It's about to be week two. Today, we're going to be recapping week one in our Dynasty League, looking forward ahead to week two, and then giving our picks for the week. I'm joined, as always, by Kevin. Howdy. And B. What up, boys? First, we're going to start a little bit off with uh, just some happenings around the NFL, not in our league specifically, but just talking a little bit about what's going on and how it's affecting our league. One of the big things on all of our minds, especially these Bear fans in our league, is Allen Robinson and the Bears making progress on these contract extensions. A couple days ago, it was a nightmare picture for Bears fans. Uh, Allen Robinson deleted all of his Bears signage and everything off of Twitter, uh, changed his header, and was just tweeting some pretty cryptic stuff. Um, but as we move forward, Allen Robinson came out to the media, and apparently sides are working towards a deal. The Bears are also working on a deal with Cohen, but obviously the big picture is Allen Robinson. I think that Allen Robinson, um, I mean, I'm not super excited, obviously, about him staying in Chicago. I just think it's great for fantasy owners to have their wide receiver one locked up for duration. You do not want them to be on a contract year. Having them facing free agency is just super ugly. So, boys, what do you think about Allen Robinson? I think that the Bears and Allen Robinson get a deal done probably within... By next week, I'd say before week three starts, uh, that there will be a deal made. I, I was looking at things that they were saying that they're pretty much within like $2 million a year difference. I think the Bears were offering him 15 to $16 million a year, and he wants close to $18 million a year. I think it's worth it. If What the Bears are trying to do is, is if they still believe in Mitch, you got to put the best weapons around him. It's a no-brainer to me that the Bears should – uh, resign and and lock up Allen Robinson. And no matter if it does take that eighteen million, I think he, he he's worth it and he's valuable to the Bears that they have to make that deal. Yeah, I agree. I think the Bears should definitely resign Allen Robinson if he makes that eighteen million dollars a year. I think that puts him among the top five or six wide receivers in the league, which I think is where he should belong. Um, the thing that surprised me about the salaries is that Brandon Cooks is still one of the most paid wide receivers in the NFL. Allen Robinson should 100% be making more than Brandon Cooks. I think he was comparing his uh, what he wants to Keenan Allen, which they have a similar role on their teams. I um, and I would agree that I don't I don't see Robinson as like a top five talent at the wide receiver position, but as far as value goes to his team, it definitely in that top five. And that's why I think he deserves the money. How old is he? Isn't he like 28? He's 26 actually. Okay. He's been in the league a while and he's still pretty young. So. Yeah. I forget yeah. that he was on Jacksonville and mm-hmm. he was a stud on Jacksonville too before the bears. So yeah, but resign a Rob. Yeah, yeah, definitely resign a Rob. Fun fact. AR is uh, actually one of the only three receivers uh, to have 1,200 yards, 100 receptions, and seven touchdowns since 2019. The only other two are Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. So, shitty quarterback play, but my man has been uh, sustained. So, for all the fantasy owners out there, Ryan Pace, get your head out of your ass. Resign A Rob. The only really other big news that we wanted to cover um, that affects our league especially is injuries. Injuries have been freaking crazy this week. Um, I'm going to go down and list eight players that got hurt this week that are probably not playing. Kenny Galladay, out. A.J. Brown, out. Chris Godwin, out. Cortland Sutton, out. Jamison Crowder, out. Julian Edelman, questionable. Lindsey, out. Justin Jackson, doubtful. Any boys have injuries that I'm missing? Uh, uh, I think that covers the main ones. all of them. Yeah, those Do you guys are... have any of them? I got A.J. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what I'm doing this week, in absence of AJ Brown, uh, I picked up. Who did I pick up? I forgot his name. Uh, Justin Jackson, my no. man. I picked. I did pick up Humphreys. Justin Jackson in the league. Up Humphreys. Yeah, Humphreys. Yeah, I saw that. So, I mean, Gary has Corey Davis. I have Humphreys. Um, so I'm curious to see if uh, Gary's going to start Corey Davis in absence of Chris Godwin. Gary, to see if we have like the. He uh, definitely is. Yeah, he's hyped on Corey Davis. Okay. Gary's and plus, Gary's missing his top two picks with yeah. MT and Godwin. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah, so this is uh this is my opportunity this week. Yeah, but injury week against you guys. I'm replacing AJ Brown with uh they're like receiver four, so 
We'll see what he does, but I'm not happy about it. I have him in two leagues, three leagues actually. Holy shit! I mm-hmm. uh, I need my man to get healthy. That's not good. Yeah, injuries have been crazy for these first two weeks. Um, Galladay's missing his second straight week. I gotta find a way to replace him, so I picked up Scotty Miller off the Love off it. the waivers. There, uh, he actually did see a lot of targets. He saw six targets in week one, which is which is very surprising. And with Godwin out this week, I think uh, he should be able to see that again, or if not more. Yeah, I definitely think that they're going to bounce back this week. I think Scotty Miller was such a good pickup. I think Evans is going to destroy this week, but I think Scotty Miller is going to have a solid week. Definitely like that. Oh, yeah, players coming back. Well, Evans was dealing with injury. He's uh-huh. back, and, and Miles yeah. Sanders is going to play. Yeah, Sanders too. is a play. Connor is a play, um, mm-hmm. neither of which I'm super ecstatic about. I need Sanders to have a decent week. I, I hope he's not too limited, but mm-hmm. I think that Connor just got, like, We'll talk. I'm going to talk more about Connor in a little bit, yeah. but that's uh, we'll see about him. Mm-hmm. Do you have any injuries in your leagues, Meg? In my leagues, I have a lot of injuries, but in sleeper and the dynasty, I don't have any significant injuries. Uh, my team just kind of just sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm looking at my team here. Injury wise, uh, I think I've avoided everything. I did have Justin Jackson, but I dropped him. I picked up Big Ben because. Uh, I know later on I'm going to have to start Jared Goff for at least a week when uh, when Russ has a bye week, and I think Jared Goff plays a really tough defense that week. I can't remember what team he plays. So I picked up Big Ben uh, to get rid of Justin Jackson because uh, I think Joshua Kelly is the uh, going to be the solidified RB2 in uh, for the Chargers. Yeah, he looked good, Josh yeah, Kelly. He, yeah. he was getting all the goal line work. Yeah, he did. I just saw I had an empty spot on my uh, roster because all my players are on IR now. Yeah, you know? I pick them up. Why not? Filled all three of them up uh, before week two. So all might right, as well cool. get a third string handcuff. Oh, yeah, another one. On, he's on my team. Love Bell is going to be out for three weeks. Oh. Washed. Oof. Yeah, not not good. Yeah, and then put uh, more nails in the coffin for Love Bell. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and then with my team, also Devontae Parker is questionable. I don't think I'm going to start him. And then you said you mentioned Edelman. Uh, He'll play. I have him in my flex right now, but I have a pivot if things do go uh, bad for him. He's kind of just one of those players. He is a Sunday night game, so I just got to keep an eye report. He's always like, so I'm not really worried that he's going to play. I'm not worried about him. Well, that just goes to show week one draft (laughs) for depth, boys. That is uh, six, probably six starters that are going to be out of people's lineups. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you're like me and you're not looking so deep right now, then uh, you need to need to fix that. But that's really the news around the NFL. Unfortunately, not too much good news this week. A lot of bad news. But we're going to talk now a little bit about week one, our first ever game in the Dynasty League. It was lit. There were some upsets, uh, definitely some chalk. So let's just give you a little rundown here. Our winners were B, Sean, Kyle, Seabass, and Hulls. So congratulations, boys, picking up that all-important first dub of the season. Thank you very much slimmest margin of the week i had to put this one in just to uh give myself some pity the uh the sean nasty the seanesty sorry it's just <laughs> such a nasty it is nasty fucking though. terrible name uh the seanesty over taking care of business by 0.2 points i'm looking i'm watching the stream in bed watching aj brown play on monday night football and he needs literally two points there's like two minutes left in the third quarter I was dead tired. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to turn it off. He's good. I wake up in the morning, and Titters is like, yo, dude, I beat you by .2 points. So that was awesome. Uh, welcome to Tuesday morning with that. So that was me. Got fucked. The largest margin of victory, though, the Ooh. biggest blowout of the week. Oh, I, I don't know if I can even say it. Uh, we have Kyle Marota as the Green Bastards uh, over our co-host, Mickey the Calorie Crusaders by a fat 34.4 points. Mickey, what the hell is going on, dude? That's got to be a defeating loss to take week one. Yeah, I, any anytime you lose to Kyle, it's always pretty defeating. I was down to the dumps, you know. Uh, but I got to give credit to Kyle. He's got a pretty good team. Um, looking back at week one, Josh Allen blew, just, just blew it out of the water. Yeah, right? like he surprised everybody that week. He had 28 uh, points. Alvin Kamara with 21, Derrick Henry with 14, um, then DK with 17, Robert Woods with 14, and then Chris Carson with 21. So Kyle's team just kind of blew up. My team was just uh, down the pooper. 
I had, you know, I had to start uh, Bourne, Kendrick Bourne on San Francisco 49ers, hoping hoping he'd be that wide receiver one with Debo out and uh, with Kittle injured. He had four points. Um, there you go. Ingram, you know, I had high hopes. I was thinking oh, maybe the first couple weeks he'll still be solidified RB1. No, uh, Dobbins was kind of carrying the team week one. So Ingram had uh, 10 carries for 29 yards. Yikes. But, um. Yeah, so that's basically what I had to say. Props to Kyle. You beat me there. So yeah, yeah. Kyle. Kyle lived up to the to the hype of his team. Yeah, there uh, getting the number one spot in the preseason power rankings. Uh, my team actually underperformed a little bit. If it wasn't for Lamar Jackson and CMC doing what they do, then it would have been closer. But thank goodness I was playing Chris's team, who uh, is in a bit of trouble for the rest of this year. At yeah, least. we'll we'll call it a little bit of trouble, dude. <laughs> My team did okay. Wentz completely shit the bed, and now I'm like, do I start Daniel Jones playing the Bears over Wentz? I I don't think I can. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna just gonna let Big Red ride one more time. Yeah, and and one one lineup decision that I made, uh, Chris Thompson. Yeah, you're not seeing the starting lineup ever again. Got no carries in <laughs> two targets. Yeah, six total yards. I don't think that's gonna work out there. <laughs> Yeah, Jacksonville is a little, a little rough. In the James Robinson's the guy. He is the guy, but he—he was the only guy in the NFL that got every one of the team's carries. Yeah, in week one. I was, I was looking at that. <laughs> James Robinson, solid pickup. That's another uh, good acquisition there. That's like, I think that's such a good one, like for dynasty. That's going to help your team when waivers are so thin like that. It's so important to Definitely. get players that are going to get 16 carries a game because I think that's how many he had. Um, all right, but I just picked out the low score and the high score. Top score was uh. Once again, Kyle, ew, 149.28. And low score, Chris did not even make his way to 100 with 98.32. Looking like a looking like a low-grade fever there, Chris. Not a fantasy score. Um, our top fantasy score of the week, though, was my boy, the captain, Devontae Adams, with 34.6. A little foreshadowing. I think he's got a shot to do it again, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but beyond the scores, we did pick out some studs and duds. Uh, we're going to do this every week throughout the season. So we're going to pick out some uh, players that we thought were real studs during the week and some players that shit the bed. They were some duds. So I will go ahead and kick it off. I picked out two. My first one, the rookie, had the most hype coming into the season, and I think he absolutely lived up to it. That's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Sebastian owns him. I think that his 19.8 fantasy points, while it's a solid performance, does not do what we saw justice. The man had 25 carries for 138 yards and a score, did not get that involved in the receiving game, and as we know, kind of got stuffed on the goal line, but that was big in part due to the Kansas City offensive line. I think that all the worries about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire not being bell cow, not being able to handle the workload, at least for myself, because I was super low on him for that aspect alone, are washed away. I think that he's a complete stud, can get those 25 carries a game, and as they involve him in the passing game, it's going to be such a good season. So, complete stud week one. I think he's going to be a complete stud for the rest of the season. Mickey, yeah. who's stud one? All right. Well, you have something to say? I was just going to say about Edwards Lair, for sure, he's going to be in that top five running back discussion for the rest mm-hmm. of the year here. How um, about, uh, and, and, no, go ahead. Easily, could like he said 19 points, easily could have had close to 30 points in week one. 100%. He got stuff on the goal line, like every, what did he, I think five, he had like, he had like two four. opportunities maybe to get a touchdown on the goal line. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't show, they didn't show anything. They were just yeah. running up the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're going to make some plays and yeah, mm-hmm. it's not going to be like that again. He looks good. Bro, how about uh Darth Vader face mask, Andy Reid? Is that <laughs> not the most intimidating shit that we've seen in the NFL in a long time? Yeah, it's just enough room to fit a cheeseburger behind his, his face mask yeah. there. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the perfect disguise for him to have those mid-game snacks. He was fogging that shit up, too. Like, he needs a, a window wiper or something, dude. He... Just a mouth breather on the yeah, fucking really sideline. <laughs> Don't know if he could see much on the field there, but... All right, uh, so for my stud for week one, Tom already mentioned him, my man Devontae Adams on Tom's team. He had 17 targets, 14 receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns, and he ended the game with 34.6 points. Earlier this season on the podcast, I was talking about Devontae Adams being the man to lead the NFL in targets and possibly receptions. 
I'm still holding that down, I think. But the injury of Michael Thomas, I think Devontae Adams, or you could argue DeAndre Hopkins, will be leading the league in targets uh, and receptions for the NFL. High hopes for Devontae Adams. I think he's going to do it. Repeat it again this week. Uh, he is my wide receiver one, actually, going into this week with Michael Thomas out. All right, B, did you have a stud? Yeah, so my stud was Josh Jacobs. Wow, what a what a start for for the year for Josh Jacobs True, here yeah. for a guy that you know there was question marks to see people thought he could be he could be a top five running back this year but we really didn't know how involved he'll be in the passing game but week one showed that he will be involved heavily he got six targets and four receptions uh, in this one and not to ignore his twenty five carries albeit against the Panthers defense who mm-hmm. was the worst by far the worst. Uh, Defense against the running backs last year. I think they allowed 27 touchdowns to running backs last year. And the second place, the second worst was 18. So to give up three touchdowns in week one. Uh, but Josh Jacobs did, did look good. Uh, I think he's going to be a bona fide stud for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, agree. I definitely agree. I was trying to get my hands on Josh Jacobs anywhere I could. And Cole's unfortunately, got his hands on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't let him slip, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to... Uh, get some shares of him unfortunately no dice um i had one honorable mention stud and that was uh deandre hopkins i know mig said uh Devontae adams here but deandre hopkins i was super worried about him coming to a new team didn't know how they would use him and how uh, kyler would be able to get it to him but he was targeted 16 times the clear wide receiver one uh had that obvious wide receiver one ceiling type game in week one so i'm super pumped to see what he can do for the rest of the season and what should be a high power offense so and then another uh, honorable mention for me, uh, another player on Kevin's team over here, Chef Russ. He was cooking week one. He was cooking. He had as many touchdowns as he did incompletions in week one. Went 31 for 35, 322 and four. Also had a 29 on the ground. Uh, he just put on an absolute clinic. Seahawks only ran the ball 20 times. Yeah, it, yeah. Makes, it makes too much sense. It's not going to last. Pete Carroll is going to go back to the OG game plan. Um, this is yeah. working way too well. Uh, he needs to, you know, he needs to fuck something up. Yeah, He's I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. Carries for Carson incoming. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't see Carson only getting six carries a game for yeah. the rest of the year. Uh, especially, I think the week two matchup against the Pats is definitely tougher. Oh yeah, uh, definitely going to be a different game plan there, but. Russ, he was he's my he was my pick for MVP this year, so he he lived Solid up to a pick. week one. Yeah, I, Pete Carroll, I think is actually like frustrated with that performance from Russ. <laughs> I, I think he's actually angry, like he's chewing his gum that, a little bit uh, louder. We never knew if it would work because Pete Carroll never tried it, and now that like now that we see it could possibly work, Russ kind of is doing this "I told you so" thing, and uh, I think Pete Carroll's kind of upset about that. So we're gonna see how it works out for the rest of the season. <laughs> On the flip side, though, we did have some players uh, that were not quite studs. These are our duds of the week. I'm going to start it off with what I think is kind of a cheap shot uh, with James Conner. I know he did get injured, but I'm going to put it in fair play because I think the biggest thing that we were concerned about coming into Conner's season was his injury concern. He didn't look efficient on the six carries that he did have, and then he gets injured and pulled. Benny Snell comes in and looks awesome. I think that he just laid the biggest dud of potentially the season right here to <laughs> screw someone out of their RB1 or RB2. Yep. What gives you faith in in starting James Conner now, knowing that he still has this nagging injury concern, has not gotten any better with that. We have a completely capable backup in Benny Snell. And the offense looked fantastic without Conner, so I don't think there's too much going to going to be too much urgency with the Steelers to get him back on the field from his injury, which means he's going to spend more time on your fantasy bench. My biggest dud of week one, James Conner. I think we're going to get back to uh, Big Ben airing it out a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be up there, like what you said, in that buy-sell with the passing yeah. yards. I think he's going to be up there again this yeah. year. Big Ben didn't look bad. He didn't look bad. He it started off shaky, but he, he got... He got in the groove yeah. as the game went on. I think someone said he was. Uh, he felt like he got hit by a car the next day or something. Yeah. <laughs> Such a fucking old man. Mm-hmm. Didn't wait. Didn't like one of the the Pittsburgh's linemen like tear his ACL or something. And then Big Cat was talking about like, oh yeah, Big Ben got nailed and he just had to look like he, he had to look like he was limping, even though his uh his offensive lineman just tore his ACL. He had that like he was more hurt. <laughs> yeah, Big Ben does the. Does the constant limp like Aaron Rodgers does the the Southern accent? Like you just, <laughs> it's always going to be there in some aspect. Uh, definitely saw a week one though. 
And, and Big Ben also he outrushed Saquon. Yeah, we're going to talk true. about now. I was right. talking about that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good lead there. <laughs> so for my dud week one, it is my man Saquon Barkley. I love Saquon, but he did not look good uh, last week. He's on Chris's team. Saquon had 15 carries for six yards, but six receptions for 60 yards. Big Ben actually rushed for more yards than Barkley, which no one would ever project that. Saquon was projected 17.96 points, but finished with just 9.6. But granted, I'm not going to hold that too much against him. His O-line did look terrible. He was just getting nailed in the backfield, losing yards nonstop. And Pittsburgh defense, they're legit. TJ Watt is legit. That whole entire defense itself is just... I'm happy I have them in one of my leagues. It's it's one of those defenses that I am for sure going to start every week. Yeah, um, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't just one guy. It was like three guys yeah. in the backfield on him. Yeah, every dude, like every single play. Yeah. So that's my dud. Um, I think he's. He, I think he's gonna have a bounce back week. I'm not. I don't think. I'm not gonna hold it against him. Saquon Barkley is still, in my opinion, the best like all around running back. Um, but yeah, that's my dud for week one. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, I'm trying to buy Saquon like wherever. I'm trying to get that one owner that's gonna flip out on that. Get him low. On that shitty week one performance because, mm-hmm. like, come on, he's like Kevin said, the obvious bell cow, yeah. obvious top three talent. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Go Saquon. Yeah. My dud of the week was Mark Ingram. This is very concerning for me in one of my other leagues, but this is a very ugly game for Ingram because not only were the efficiency numbers not good, but he was barely on the field. He ended the game with 10 carries, 29 yards, didn't see one target. Actually, none of the Ravens running backs saw any targets, which is kind of surprising there. But, um, but yeah, if that wasn't concerning enough, he was only on the field for 35% of about the offensive that. snaps. Yeah, Dobbins, Dobbins was the leader at 39%, so that shows it's going to be a committee yeah. in Baltimore. I, d- I didn't get to watch the game at all. Was like Gus Edwards like any involved? Or? He was. He got, I think, like four or five carries. Ingram led the, the team with 10 carries, and Dobbins had seven, but Dobbins got the goal line work, so he, he salvaged his, his day with two touchdowns. So just really nothing positive to take out of this game for Ingram, uh, especially with the game script. Yeah. They dominated the game. They were in a big lead for most of it, mm-hmm. and he didn't really see the ball a lot. So. Yeah, in a, in a 38-6 to six game script, I'm going to want to see uh, what – I mean, you probably drafted Ingram as your running back too. I'm going to want to see my RB2 with a little more than 10 carries there. And I think Dobbins too. Like there's so many positives for Dobbins there, obviously outside the touchdowns. We were worried, I think, coming into the draft, like which rookies would get their fair share. And I think the consensus was like Akers is going to get his, Edwards Clyde. Hilaire, obviously, Taylor, obviously. Taylor. And then Dobbins was kind of a question mark in this committee. Mm-hmm. And I mean, through one week, Dobbins pulled as the uh, the lead back in the committee. So I'm all for that as a Dobbins owner in one league. Mm-hmm. Ingram, huge dud. Agreed. The efficiency wasn't there for Dobbins either, but... He got the goal line work, so that's, yeah, that's a big thing. His tutty numbers were, they skewed it a little mm-hmm. bit, but hey, it's a dub for Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ingram, I, I'm a little worried, but I do think that is going to be the worst we're going to see him with 2.9 points. Mm-hmm. I don't see him finishing it. Po- I mean, possibly. Hopefully, we'll, knock on wood. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, the Ravens, they were great with having all their running backs having five yards per carry last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And both. Dobbins and and Ingram were and, both under three or right around three yards per carry against the Browns in Week One. Yeah, and they, so they have three running backs they're basically using, but then not to mention a fourth one, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson himself. Yeah, he got seven carries. Too. Yeah, so stud. Did he get a rushing touchdown Week nope. One? No, three passing touchdowns. It's coming. Oh, it's right. coming. <laughs> yep. All right, so those are our uh, our shiners and our duds in Week One. Now we're going to expose some managers. I'm actually going to expose myself a little bit here. Going to have our next segment, the best of the bench in. I think we're going to do this one every week. We're going to see who performed on the bench and talk a little bit about what we think that uh, means moving forward. Um, so I'm going to kick it off and expose myself a little bit with Malcolm Brown. Um, in a game where I lost by 0.2 points, anyone on my bench uh could have done me some favors and Malcolm Brown while it wasn't the most obvious on my bench out of all three Rams running backs I think I could have potentially started one to take the dub Um, but he had 18 carries 79 yards so not great efficiency wise but two touchdowns and had a couple receptions he had four for 31 yards which is good for 24 and a half fantasy points on the bench 
A lot of people say that Malcolm Brown is going to be a little touchdown dependent, but I think I liked how he got involved in that offense. He had a lot of carries. He had his receptions. So I think that Malcolm Brown might be that lead back. I mean, I have all three of them, so I don't know how I'm going to figure that out. <laughs> um, so while I'm pissed off, I had him on the bench. He definitely would have gotten me a week one dub and some confidence. I think that's a good look for Malcolm Brown, but he was my best of the benching. Yeah, watching the game, Malcolm Brown, I think he looked at the better back versus Akers. Um so we'll have to see what happens next week, if they're going to keep doing this committee or if they're going to lean a little bit more towards Malcolm Brown. But, uh, yeah, sucks, Tom. Bad beat. Uh, for my best of the bench in, mine goes to, the Kyle, goes to Kyle J with Sammy Watkins. He had seven receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown, ending with 18 points. However, this did not affect Kyle's team enough to earn a loss, although DJ Moore surprised everyone with 7.4 fantasy points. Um, you still are going to continue to start DJ Moore. You can't have him on his bench and then start Watkins because Watkins has done this uh, last year as well. So we'll have to see how Watkins performs in week two and week three before you can start considering Watkins anywhere near your starting lineup. But uh, Kyle's just lucky to slip out of there with a dub. And to go on to my best of the bench, and this has to be the worst uh, starting lineup decision in week one with Conrad deciding to start Joe Burrow over Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers goes off for nearly 31 points against the Vikings, completely carved them apart with 364 yards and four touchdowns. Kind of looked like unstoppable. I, After looking at that and, and really seeing what the Vikings have done with their defense, I don't see them. I think they're going to be one of the worst defenses in the league this year. But... Usually that's a bad matchup for Rodgers, so I, I get where he was coming from starting Burrow, but Burrow didn't have a good matchup either, and it was his first ever game in the NFL. So I really don't know what Conrad was thinking with that, and he lost by seven points. He would have won if Rodgers was in his starting lineup. So rough. Yeah, I, I, I like that, though. You know, a lot of people over the offseason, uh, I've been getting given Aaron Rodgers a lot of this hate, you know nonsense hate and he came out week one and started the fuck you revenge tour on mm -hmm. conrad's bench i actually need to look at when aaron Rodgers is single versus when he's taken because i think i honestly think that danica spent the year like making fun of him or something and making him super self-conscious because <laughs> honestly he did not play that spectacularly last year and uh, i think danica might have given him a lot of shit in the offseason told him to uh, step his game up a little bit broke his heart a little bit and then uh then dumped him, and uh, Aaron comes out in this heartbroken game, like the game after uh, when Brett Favre's dad died, when uh, he came out against the Raiders and just had the like one of the greatest games of his career. I think this is Rogers' like breakup game, oh, his yeah? breakup season. Okay. Um, so his his brother is on the Bachelor, and is it the Bachelor or the Bachelorette? Bachelor. Well, he I don't would know. be the Bachelor. He's he? the Bachelor. Yeah, he was on. Is the, he the Bachelor or is he? I think he, he on was. Bachelorette. He was oh. a couple of years ago. Okay. No. He was on one of those shows where okay. he was competing for a woman. Um, and now Aaron Rodgers is that single bachelor. He's going to show his shit brother that also hates him and like the rest of the family uh, what he's made of. He's going to show Danica, show Olivia Munn. It's the revenge tour. Let's get it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, honorable mention for uh, Best of the Benching was actually on my team, Dallas Goddard. Ooh, I just true. wanted to talk about him really quick because he saw... He was on the field just as much as Ertz, and they used him way more than Ertz in this one. I really like what I saw, and I know that Ertz and the Eagles are, you know, with the contract as well, not, uh, disagreeing there and probably not going to work things out this year. There, There's two years left on both those contracts, but I think Goddard is the future in, I think so, yeah. in Philly. Goddard, like in the preseason rankings, when we did the uh, tight end podcast, I was definitely going to slip him into the top ten. But it didn't make our consensus, I don't think. But I had him at like number twelve, because mm -hmm. even though, mm -hmm. like, even without being on the field as much as Ertz, even though this game he was, mm -hmm. the touchdown efficiency and the way that they use him to get him fantasy points is just crazy. So I could definitely see him being the future. That's, and, he, uh, and he's solid. a good player, so he's just a safe pick. Like, yeah. When you start him, like you know that he's not gonna just lay a go goose egg on you. Yeah, I picked him before I picked Jared Cook, and I knew I thought Jared Cook was gonna be my starter this year. I picked Goddard for the future, but I might be rolling out two tight ends every week now. Yeah, I'd pull, pull a Tom week one with Tyler Higby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hopefully Higby. it turns out a little better for you. Maybe a little off. 
Um, all right, boys, but that was the week one recap. N- enough looking back. Time to look forward a little bit. We're going to start with our week two preview, talking about the matchups in week two. We're going to kick it off here with the battle of the co-hosts, B versus Kevin. I'll start with my pick here. I took B. I took B before the Thursday night football game, um, so I'm just going to keep honest to that pick, um, which is where I really liked his chances. Kevin did have a little uh, performance there on Thursday night, but I honestly still like B, and he mentioned it earlier in the week, but I am all aboard the Miller time hype train. He's (laughs) plugging in Scotty Miller, who had some chemistry with Brady week one, had six targets, so I like him to potentially make a little noise against a terrible Carolina that fed rugs on a silver platter last week. Brady's pissed. He's going to bounce back. He doesn't go 0-1. He also has Anthony Miller against an atrocious Giants secondary. Between the two Millers, I'm projecting 35 half PPR fantasy points to bring B to that dub. And I'm also going to go out on a limb and say this is our highest scoring matchup in Week 2. I think oh. we got some really good receiver matchups on both teams. It's going to be a shootout, and B's coming away with a narrow victory. All right, Tom. Well, well I, I would like to see 35 points from, from Miller time there. I think that you would got a nice. touchdown from each of them. I don't know, but okay. Well, <laughs> all right, so Tom's taking B. Uh, so last week when I had to choose between me and Kyle, I went against myself, and I said Kyle was going to beat me. Sometimes you got to go against yourself. you got to push out your biases. So this week <laughs> I'm going with – Yeah, pushing out my stomach. This week I'm going with myself. I take myself. I think B's team is good. But it's not as good as Kyle's team, so I'm not as afraid. Uh, my biggest concern for my team this week, though, is Ingram. We already mentioned Ingram uh, earlier on the podcast. Um, last week, he did not look good. He didn't look like the Ingram from 2019. So if Ingram has another bad week, I'm going to be in some serious trouble because Ingram right now is my RB2. Uh, not how I imagine my my team to look going into the season. Um, but I agree with Tom. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Uh, another reason why I chose myself over B was with the news of Galladay. I mean, even before him being officially ruled out, he was hurt. So in the back of my mind, I was thinking he's probably going to be limited in the game or he's just going to sit out anyway or be be out. And then also was Devontae Parker. I'm not a big Devontae Parker fan. I don't think he's that great. Um, but with him being out as well, I think I have the edge against B. Yeah, so I'm going to go with myself in this one. I... Nick Chubb did have a, a good Thursday night. I think it's going to be really close, though. I think CMC could match Chubb on you know, a weekly basis because McCaffrey's just going to see a lot of, of targets and just sheer volume. McCaffrey's good there. I like Drake over Ingram in the RB2 spot. And then it just comes down, it really comes down to my wide receivers uh, if Miller time could really come through there because... Kevin has a clear edge in in my eyes here with having Hopkins and, and Diggs and McLaurin there. Um, I think it's going to be close. But I think my heavy hitters of Lamar and McCaffrey are going to get it done. And I think Russ has a, uh, a tough matchup with the Pats. So I don't see him getting close to those efficiency numbers as he did against the Falcons. I'm going to take myself, but I think it's going to be close. I did just notice that in our flex, we both have New England receivers, so that'll be fun on Sunday night when we watch it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but I think, I think Edelman is the... Uh, yeah, the I'm not going yeah. to argue there. Clear both top questionable target. too. I actually heard both it play. Uh, in Kiel, Nikhil Harry is uh, a little more questionable than Edelman. So. Oh, okay. So, uh, I told yeah. you that. Uh, Adam Schefter. Well, Julian Edelman yeah. wasn't a first-round pick, dude. Julian Edelman texted me. He said, I'm if, not yeah, letting Nikhil Harry play. If Jules doesn't go, I think I'm going to have to go with Antonio Gibson in the flex spot Jules there. is the definition of grit. He's fucking going. Yeah, I think so, and too. And if Nikhil Harry doesn't play, Kevin might have to throw in uh, Fournette there, dude. No, yeah. honestly. 4.95 no, projected points. If, yeah. if Nikhil's like a last-second... Fuck, I don't well, have last second, dude. I don't have anybody. I, no, because if he's... Well, if they rule him out like like an hour before, I'm screwed. I think you'd have to go with uh, Curtis Samuel, actually, again. Uh, it would be him. I, I always want to start born just because of the boom potential because they don't have anybody. But, God, he sucked. All right. All right, Tom. Jimmy we'll G didn't look week. good either. <laughs> All right, uh, what did, do we have what Sebastian took? Uh, yeah, let me see. So we... Uh, he, he took Kevin. He took Kevin, actually. So it was split so there. Me and Tom split. went with myself. 2-2. Two, two. Thanks, Seabass. <laughs> right, by the way, last week both me and Kevin went five and zero in these picks. Mm-hmm. Tom went three, and, three two. and two. I went worst, worst in the league with worst, th- I went worst on the show at three and two. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, C best went four and one. 
All right, so the next matchup here is myself versus Gary. Um, so I have to give it to myself again. I have to keep uh, keep my own confidence. I took myself before Thursday night, so I'm going to keep it honest with a pick. Since then, I ran into a little bit of a Kareem Hunt problem. He threw up like 27 points. So if I were to take this right now, I'd probably give a small lean to Gary, even though Godwin is out. But to stay true to myself uh, and my pick, I'm going to keep it with, with uh, me. I think that my running back core um, strength is a little bit better than Gary's with Sanders playing. So it's going to be Eckler and Sanders versus Gurley and Singletary. We both had pretty favorable favorable matchups, but I think the talent on my squad is a little better, so I think it should carry me. And the reason I really chose myself this game is because I think um, what this week comes down to is that receiver depth, and I think I'm just a little bit deeper at receiver uh, for meaningful fantasy production than Gary is. So with A.J. Brown out for me and Godwin out for Gary, the matchup's kind of coming down to where I excel. So I think with my receiver matchups, I'm going to plug in um, not A.J. Brown's heir to the throne by any means. He's probably mm-hmm. like their receiver four. Mm-hmm. But Gary's also going to have Corey Davison in place of Godwin. So with our hurt lineups, I think that I got the edge here. I'm going to take myself over Gary. Um, so my projection before the Browns-Bengals game was Tom. And I think still I'm going to be taking Tom, even though Kareem Hunt had a great game. Uh, Tom had a bad, beak, a bad beat last week, losing to Sean by less than a point. But I think Tom squeaks out of this matchup. Uh, with a dub in a close game. I'm curious to see how Sanders performs. I wasn't a big Sanders guy this this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think B was either. Uh, no, I wasn't. Yeah, so I'm just curious to see how he plays in this Eagles offense and how um, Carson Wentz utilizes him in the passing game. Um, I think if Miles Sanders has a game like he's projected with 15 points or more, I think Tom definitely gets a dub here. Also, like Tom mentioned, the news with... Guy went out. Uh, I think that really, really affects Gary's team. He's going to have Darius Slayton playing and then probably Corey Davis as his other wide receiver and also Devin Singletary as one of his running backs, which I still think is so gross. Uh, but yeah, I think Tom squeaks out of this one with a dub, maybe like by a three to five point margin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's really where it like came down to it for me. It's just the injuries. I think I'm in better shape with AJ Brown out than he is with Godwin out. Yeah. And I forgot to mention that Adams plays Detroit, which yeah. should be a fucking field day. Mm-hmm. So I'm super pumped for that. Yeah, I went with Tom. It's basically because of the wide receiver situation here. Gary's, as I mentioned earlier, without both Michael Thomas and Godwin, his top two picks in the draft, it's tough to come back from. Um, and Tom does get Sanders back, but I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of this matchup against the Rams. The Eagles offensive line struggled against Washington last week. And now they got to deal with Aaron Donald in the middle. I think it's, uh, it's going to be tough for him to reach 15. He's really going to have to see some work out of the, in the passing game for him to reach that, I think. Um, and then also having, I don't know, Wentz, I think, like I said, I think Aaron Donald's going to be in his face all game long. Really don't like Wentz in this one with Patty Mahomes on the other side. That could be a big difference, a big boost for Gary. And like we mentioned earlier, he needed Hunt to have that big game for him to really uh, make up for that lack of production in the wide receiver core area. But I think Tom, with having good matchups with Devonta Adams, also Eckler, I like Eckler's matchup against Kansas City. I think they're going to be... Chargers can be forced to mm-hmm. pass the ball more, and Eckler's going to see a lot more uh, targets there. So I went with Tom. It was it was pretty close for me as well when I was picking this matchup. Um, but I'm going to say Tom gets it done here. All right, boys. Appreciate the uh, the confidence there. Do we have Seabass's pick? Seabass went with Tom as well, All so right. that was a consensus lock Tom of the week. Yeah. Gary, it's got to get you a little fired up. Got to mm-hmm. get a little uh, Coke Zero pumping through the veins. <laughs> All right, so we're on Tom, and we're split between B and Kevin. So on to matchup three out of five here. We're moving on to Sean versus Seabass. This one, I think, is going to be super close. I had a tough time picking this matchup, but I'm going to lean Sean by just a hair. Um, These are some pretty running back matchups to look at. Mm -hmm. We have Zeke and Taylor versus Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Mixon, so that's just awesome. A rookie battle. Yeah. But I like Sean's matchups a little better. Taylor is against Minnesota, who got completely exposed last week, still dealing with some injuries. And Zeke is against Atlanta, who also got exposed. So I think that he is, uh, Sean is set for a huge week, even if CEH and Mixon um, 
do their thing. And Mixon actually already played, so this is in hindsight. So, um, but I liked Sebastian's receiver matchup before (laughs) Thursday Night Football, like a lot of these picks, where he got haunted by uh, garbage time Tyler Boyd. He does have T.Y. against Minnesota, which should be nice. So I think that he can gain a little bit of ground there. Um, And Sean just wins a flex spot for me with DJ and Montgomery. I love DJ as a flex play. I was saying that in the beginning of the season. I think he has like that RB2 potential in the flex spot. So he's going to give Sean a solid advantage. I'm going to have him come through by just a hair, Uh, even though Sean doesn't have hair. (laughs) He's balding. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to take Sean here. Sean's team looks a whole lot better with the Marlon Mack injury. Uh, this puts Jonathan Taylor as uh, as his RB2, which I like a lot. Um, Taylor will be the clear bell cow running back for the Colts. I'm curious to see what Taylor does as a starting back against uh, the Vikings defense. Another reason why I chose Sean over Seabass was what Tom mentioned earlier was the flex play. I like Montgomery and DJ over Mostert and Hines. Um, another thing is I think Ingram, Evan Ingram, is going to have a bounce back week. Hayden Hurst didn't look too great in week one, uh, being in that passing offense in Atlanta. So I think Ingram has a bounce back week week against Chicago and probably scores a touchdown. I think Sean sneaks out of here by another slim margin. Yeah, I this this one was another close one, but I like all of Sean's running backs and I like their matchups as well. I think the only one that has a tough matchup is DJ against the Ravens. But those top four running backs, they have Montgomery as your fourth running back running back that's a really good option there and he's going against a weak Giants defense who allowed Benny Snell to run for nearly six yards per carry last week um and then with we're talking about how Taylor will do with the Mac injury on the other side of it Seabass does have Naeem Hines who I think does see a bump as well in his production with the the Mac injury more opportunities there and I love Mostert's or Mostert in the uh, in the flex there, as well against the the Jets who are just a dumpster fire. I I think they're just going to be one of the worst teams again this year. Yeah. Um, but with the running back depth that Sean has, and then having you know reliable Julio Jones there, who had just a typical Julio week, 157 yards, but no touchdowns. I I don't know how he just gets so many yards every week. But never, he barely finds the end zone ever. Yeah. Um, on the other side, uh, CBS has Ridley, who had 130 yards and two touchdowns. So it's it's going to be cool to see that battle as well. Two teammates, they both have two teammates going against each other with Taylor versus Hines and Julio versus Ridley, and then the rookies going against each other as well. But I went with Sean by uh, a slim margin here. Okay. Did, did take? Sebastian take himself, or I think he took Sean too. Did he? I think so. Yeah. So I think it's a clean he did, sweep. He in did favor go with Sean. Sean. All right. He's honest, honest man. Let's see if he can I'm pick like up Tom. his second, uh, second RB. slim victory in a row. All right. So matchup four out of five. This was the easiest matchup for me to pick. Hate to say it, Conrad versus Kyle. I'm taking Kyle. Kyle's starting lineup is uh, still at full strength. He. Or he managed to avoid injuries in this injury-plagued week one. And just about as long as that's true, I think I'm going to be taking Kyle almost every week, depending on matchups. He definitely has the strongest starting lineup. Um, and I think Henry and Kamara are just going to tee off against the Raiders in Jacksonville. And yeah, um, that's scary. Yeah, <laughs> I think Conrad should be shaking a little bit. I think his saving grace could be Cooper to have one of his days against the Falcons, but uh, Conrad's going to need to rely on that. And for Henry and Kamara to be held a little bit, I do not see the Titans stop feeding Henry. He had 31 carries last week. Um, so I think Kyle might win this one by a, a pretty decent margin. I'm going to take him. Yep. Uh, you were talking about Kyle's strengths, so I'm going to be talking a little bit about Conrad's weaknesses. I'm taking Kyle this week. Kyle is a powerhouse team, no, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, but Conrad's starting Cook this week against the Colts, who have a very good run defense. I don't see Cook having a boom game this week unless the Vikings are up big early in the game and they have to rely on the run. Also, Conrad has James Conner, who we all just agree he's just on the downfall. I wouldn't be surprised if Snell and Connor, Snell and Connor split carries this week in Denver. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with Kyle this week. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it is a tough matchup for Delvin against the Colts, but Delvin's matchup proof, in my opinion. Uh he'll perform every week. Um, but there's really 
it's really tough going against Kyle's team. There's really, I see across the board, him having the advantage at pretty much every position besides like tight end where Conrad has Andrews. But it wouldn't be Conrad if we didn't have a head scratcher of a starting <laughs> lineup move. He is starting Traquan Smith in the flex here. I don't know, man. I I mean, I think I think he could go with some some safer picks. I would like I'd rather put in John Brown in the flex who had a solid week one or even Lazard. I, I was guys literally about <laughs> to say, and I'm gonna talk about Lazard in a little bit, but I think that that is such a good spot to fill in right there over uh Traquan. Over that that yeah. little ugly, ugly pick there. But uh we'll see we'll see if Connor turns it around. I know he's thinking. Cordell Patterson. Yeah. yeah so having Traquan and then James Connor in the flex, it's just not doesn't doesn't match up to Not Chris Carson in Hollywood Brown for Kyle. Yeah. So definitely did, going with Kyle there. Who did Sebas take for this Kyle. matchup? Kyle. Kyle. I right. think everyone's no gonna go with Kyle. Yeah. Clean sweep on Kyle there. Yeah, one more coming up. All right. So going into the last matchup, then the week's tar bowl, we have our boy Holes versus Chris. I went with Holes here. Um, it's it was tough for me to lean on Chris coming off that ninety-eight point. Uh, performance there that was kind of forgettable and the only thing that changed between last week and this week is that Kittle is uh, hitting the bench for good Uh, so it is extra tough for me to pick Chris here really the only way out is Saquon needs to have a great uh, week this week and he plays Chicago so it's gonna be tough for him to have that matchup I do like the Evans matchup against Carolina whose uh, defense proved that they were um, susceptible to the deep shot last week, so I think that that could be a potential saving grace, but barring a huge breakout from those two, I think Hulls wins up and down and should take a pretty easy dub here. Yeah, this was the easiest pick for me out of all the matchups. I go Hulls. I think Hulls, honestly, has a top three team. While basically every team in the league is facing some sort of injury, Hulls' team has remained healthy, which Mm. has helped him a lot. Only way Chris, I think, sneaks out of this matchup would be if Kyler, Jacobs, and Melvin all flop, which is asking a lot, uh, they have tough defensive matchups. Kyler's playing Washington, which held once to 13 fantasy points. I don't think Kyler's going to get 13, but maybe if luck is on Chris's side, he will. Jacobs is going to be playing Saints D that held Ronald Jones to 9.2 fantasy points. So uh, Chris is going to need some luck again there if uh, Jacobs wants to score around that uh, around 9.2 fantasy points. And last, I have Melvin playing against arguably the best defense this season with Pittsburgh that held Saquon to 9.6 points. So I think that's the only way Chris wins this matchup. So I got holes. Yeah, holes definitely has his running backs definitely have tough matchups. Jacobs is not going to be able to score three touchdowns against the Saints defense like he did against the Panthers. And like you said, Pittsburgh is the best defense that looked like the best defense in week one there. The only chance for, for Chris is Saquon and Evans. They both had to have just stud weeks this week. Evans does have a good matchup against Carolina. Yeah. But then after that, it's just like I don't like anything that Chris has. I mean, Cohen as your RB2, like yeah, what is going on? I think, I think Chris also with Kittle out, he doesn't have another tight end. Oh, no, he, he has, has Hawkinson. Oh, does He's he? He's starting Hawkinson in, the, in his tight end spot. He has Kittle in his flex. Oh, right now, oh my bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll take that back. And then Chris also got only 4.4 points from A.J. Green yeah. on Thursday night. Ouch. Does Ouch. not help anything. Chris just can't find any breaks Picking up right this where year. Picking left off. <laughs> yeah. Um, just Sorry, don't Chris. See much, don't see much hope here. See, Chris, uh, the good Holes thing about done. this is that this is Dynasty. So if this is redraft, like, you'd be fucked. You'd lose your money and everything. Like, cool. But in Dynasty, you just rebuild, dude. You know, get those picks. I know we're, hey, we're only a week in talking about rebuild, but... You know, I think it's a it's a rational conversation to have right yeah. now. But uh, keep that in mind, dude. All right, so that is our picks for this week in Dynasty. Let's see if uh, B can keep the hot hand with the five and O. And Kevin. Oh, Kevin's five and O too. Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm the brother! Only fucking loser here. <laughs> go five and O. We'll see, best went four and one. Yeah. Okay. So let's see if we can keep it alive, boys. Oh, Good did, luck. Did, I'm guessing Seabass took holes too. Yeah. I think he did. All right, just to okay. mention, I'm just going to check really for the quick. record. Yep, Hole. Yeah. he took holes. So. All right, so we're on on mic recording at Seabass. So everything was holes. everything was consensus mm-hmm. besides mine and Kevin's matchup. So, okay. well, good luck to you, brother. Luck, dude. Cool. All right, well, good luck, boys. I hope that uh, your teams don't get killed by injuries unless you're the uh, unless you're the green bastards. Then you you got it coming, dude. <laughs>
But to, now we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the players that we love and hate for week two. So I will start it off. The first set or the first player or set of players that I love are these Packer receivers, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. I think that this is um, such an awesome matchup coming from what they did last week. Just watching the game compared to week one versus last year, the offense looks smooth. I don't know how much of that is due to no preseason and no film, but um, the offense looked efficient. They were able to take those deep shots um, and still feed Adams with the lack of receiver talent. So I think that with Detroit missing uh, two of their biggest cornerbacks, this is just going to be a shit show for their secondary, and Adams and Lazard are going to eat. I'm not expecting the Lions to make the same mistake they, the, that Minnesota did last week in not paying uh, too much respect to Devontae Adams. So I included Lazard here because I think he's going to reap off that benefit. I don't think that Rodgers trusts uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling as much as he trusts Lazard. So I think that this is going to be Lazard's week specifically, and Adams is also going to make it rain. So I love these two this week. Uh, so my love for this week is kind of not a, not a big surprise is Emmanuel Sanders on Hull's team. Everyone knows that Michael Thomas is out for a few weeks with an ankle injury, so Andrew, so Sanders has immediately became the wide receiver one in New Orleans. His first game with Drew Brees and the Saints was kind of what I expected for a player who had no preseason and a shortened training camp. He had five targets, three receptions, and a touchdown while playing 49% of the snaps. I think we're going to see his target share be around, not target share, his targets be around 7 to 10 uh, targets this week, and his snap count should significantly increase too. I like Sanders as probably a wide receiver three with a very high upside. Yeah, I like that pick. My love is going to be Rojo. Okay. One of Tom's players like here, it. Ronald Jones. I do Jones. like my Bucks this week, so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. fucking with that, dude. Well, in, last week he showed that he's going to be the lead back for the Bucks for at least a little while. He got 19 total touches last week. Fournette only got six. Uh, but there's really nothing like look in seeing your, your running back against Carolina. Because... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They just get carved every time. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they gave up 27 touchdowns last year, and the second worst was 18. I just think this is a great matchup for Ronald Jones, and I think they'll be in control. They'll try to run the ball a little more in the second half. Um, yeah, Rojo. I think he's going to go past his projection this week. like it. I think he's going to continue as that bell cow. I, hey, I, I said it before the season, and I'm just going to like keep saying it every episode. The days of Fournette as a bell cow running back are over, and uh, you're seeing it live, so mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. We can replay, and like, episode one. Fournette really didn't look good either. No, like, he did not. On his carries. <laughs> I didn't watch the game, but I saw he had five carries for five yards. Yeah. So. No, just the same old Fournette. Just, you know, 3.5 yards a carry, if that, sometimes. <laughs> it's your knee, bro. He's a man. Give, like, week seven. He'll be taking over that backfield. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'll be getting his. Uh, he'll be up to like seven carries. I won't, I won't be starting him though anytime soon. Yeah. All right, Tom. All right, so I think that's the only players we love. But in general, I love the Bucks. Love my Bucks players this week, and love my Packers receivers. So big dubs there. W- one more love I'll I'll just throw in here is I had David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I like his matchup against the Giants here. Like I said earlier, with the them allowing Benny Snell to carry the ball for six yards per carry last week. I was surprised at the work that Montgomery got in week one coming off that injury. He got 13 carries, and I expect him to be near that 17 to 20 carries this week with another week under his belt. I think it's a good matchup for Montgomery as well. Are you ready to go on a long shot with Saquon's woes and say that Montgomery has a better week than Saquon this week? Oh, I mean, I could, yeah, I could definitely see it. No. I could definitely okay. see Montgomery having a better week than now Saquon. We're with gas, all right? No. I, I kind of want to ride it. I kind of want to kind of want to let the Saquon owners panic a little bit more so I can get my hands on him. I mean, I, I do expect a better week from Saquon. The Bears' defense didn't look that good last mm. week. Uh, AP ran all over him. So oh, AP. <laughs> so, all right. So those are our lovers, but who do we hate this week? I talked about a little bit about him earlier. My number one hate this week is James Conner, and I'm going to put this as like my hate for the rest of his freaking career. <laughs> uh, so Conner's playing the Broncos, who got kind of boned last week with the Derrick Henry matchup, but they did modest. They held him the four, a little under uh, four yards per carry on all of his 31 carries. So um, I definitely expect Denver to be a little bit uh, more stout against James Conner and Benny Snell show. But with Conner struggling to run the ball, leaving the game earlier, uh, leaving the game early and missing some practices this week, 
I can't imagine that they're going to feed him the ball with the way that Snell looked last week. And I really just don't see him getting the opportunity. And even if he gets the opportunity, I don't see him producing. So I hate James Conner this week, hate him next week, hate him all season. Yeah, I mean, I think Conner's career is just going down the toilet. Going to be the Benny Snell show. To be fair, Conner was like the guy that stepped in for Levy. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, him getting here was a huge pat on the back. So I think it's he can go mm-hmm. off into the sunset now. Yeah, it was a good run. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so for my hate, my love and my hate picks were actually both on Holes' team. I think when I thought of these, like I was just on Holes' team on my phone, and I saw them, and they were both actually good picks for this. Mm-hmm. All right. So for my love, or no, my hate, excuse me, was somebody I already mentioned earlier was Melvin Gordon. Melvin's facing a tough Pittsburgh defense, and I imagine the Broncos are going to be tailing early in this game, and they're going to have to rely on Drew Locke and the passing game, passing game to keep it close. Uh, Melvin Gordon's not a receiving back, so it's not really going to impact his fantasy value. Even though Lindsey is out this week, I'm not a huge fan of Melvin. I'm still starting him this week because of his boom potential and his red zone touches, but I just don't like this matchup this week. Yeah, I, I actually had Melvin as one of my hates because it's just easy to pick a running back against the Steelers right now to be to have a you know subpar week. But I'm gonna go with the quarterback and say Deshaun Watson. Mm. I do not like his matchup this week against the Baltimore he Ravens. He struggles against Baltimore. Yep. Well, and things didn't look good last week against the Chiefs. Most of his fantasy production production came in the fourth quarter and garbage time. Got that rushing touchdown yep. to really salvage his game. But last year, the Ravens absolutely pummeled the Texans. I think they beat them like 37-7. to Yeah, seven. that was like, I think it was a Sunday night game. It was supposed to be a big game. They absolutely destroyed them. And it was Deshaun's worst game of the year. He only got four points that game. Um, I think 22-point projection is a little steep for Deshaun this week. They just don't have... Good receivers, man. <laughs> like, yeah, watching, Will Fuller's like okay. Oh, he, he he did better. Granted, he did better than I thought watching yeah. the game. Will Fuller definitely yeah. did better. There's really like, no other options though. Uh, bro, Kenny Ran- Stills, Randall Cobb. I was actually thinking about starting Kenny Stills this week, and I was like, dude, no way. Like, yeah, like Randall Cobb crossed my mind week one. I was like, I mean, maybe. No, I think he had like three points. Yeah, Deshaun's basically out there by himself. Bill O'Brien's just a it's, fucking idiot. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's if if it's anyone's game, it's Duke's. So I actually like the the hate on Deshaun Watson there. Yeah. Good pick, B. Thanks. All right. All right, so that is who we love and hate for week two. Let's see how we how we stack up. We'll revisit that next week. But outside of Dynasty now, we're going to head into the real life, into the NFL with our NFL Pick'em. B, read the – what are our records right now for NFL Pick'em? We so pick five for, games a week. So. so we picked five games a week. Last week, um, both me and Tom went three and two, and Kevin and Seabass went two and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week so far, we did pick the Thursday night game. Uh, me, Tom, and Kevin both all picked the Bengals, and Seabass picked the Browns. So right now, me and Tom are in the lead at 4-2, and two, making y'all that money. Yes. Lock them picks in, baby. You got the hot hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that pick. Like, honestly, I probably shouldn't have won the, the, the against the spread pick mm-hmm. there with the Burrow backdoor cover, but I was like, I fucking take points against the Browns any single day, so... I like that. Um, the next NFL Pick'em game that we had was the Lions, who are going to Lambeau. They are plus six against Green Bay. I chose the Packers here. I think that they continue the fuck you revenge tour for Aaron Rodgers and face a uh, depleted Lions secondary, so I think they're going to roll by a comfortable margin. Six is an easy lock for me. Yep, I chose Packers last week. I'm choosing Packers again here. And I think Aaron Rodgers is on a Tom Brady 2016 revenge tour. Brady was pissed with the suspension in 2016 and went off in the 2016 season. I think we're seeing something similar here with Aaron Rodgers. I think this Sunday, Rodgers will be slinging it again with Devontae Adams as his right-hand man. And the Packers smoke the Lions. Also, the Lions are going to be without Galladay, which I think impacts their offense immensely. And I think after this loss to the Lions, I think the Matt Patricia head coach position is going to be a little questionable in the future. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um I also went with the Packers here at minus six at home versus the Lions. The Lions are going to be without their starting cornerback, Trufant, and then defensive tackle, Nick Williams, as well. This does not help, especially against this Packers offense that was clicking on all cylinders last week. I think that the Packers are going to come out in their first home game and, and put on a show. 
against the Lions. I know that the, the Lions have played the Packers tough for like the last four years. Yeah, I was just going to say, the Lions always give me some <laughs> nightmares, honestly. they The Packers always seem to win these Lions games on like that, you know, by I mean, like quote-unquote quote bullshit call yeah, or but something. It's, it's usually less than like a field goal, yeah. these games. But I think uh, the Packers are in good shape right here at minus six. Yeah. All right, so we're all on... Packers then. Seabass actually picked the Lions there, oh, so he's he's ouch. the only one that's uh, different there There's as well. There. So. so he's ready to go two and five, two and six, two and five, two and five. Oh, that one, nice. All right, um, our next pick out in the uh, out in the West, we have Arizona and Washington. Washington comes in as a six and a half point dog at Arizona. I picked the Cardinals. I really do not see, even though Washington came off a pretty surprise win last week, I don't see them keeping it up. I think the Cardinals were looking solid last week, hitting DeAndre up for all those targets. I think they're going to make it rain on Washington, and which should be a blowout win. I'm giving it to the Cardinals by at least seven. Yep, I'm taking the Cardinals here. Cardinals are legit. Uh, I'm on the Cardinals hype train as well. This was the easiest pick for me out of all of our games. Uh Cardinals just have a legit offense, stellar defense, so I'm taking them by at least over a touchdown. I'm going with the Cardinals as well. They're coming off an impressive come-from-behind win against the 49ers at 49ers against that tough defense. I'm just not going to buy into that comeback that Washington had against the Eagles. I think the Eagles are a very questionable team as well this year. Um, I just think I, I had Cardinals as one of my dark horse teams in the NFC and they look pretty good week one, so I'm going to ride with the Cardinals at minus six and a half. I think they won by at least a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy how good the NFC West is. Yeah, right it now. is insane. This is be- like we. I think when we were probably in like the probably 2010, like 09 to 2012, the discussion in the NFL, at least what I saw, was the NFC North yeah. was super stacked mm-hmm. when they had the the Bears were contending, the Packers were contending, mm-hmm. and Minnesota was solid. And it but, came true because the Bears and Packers played in the NFC Championship yeah. that year, so. But this is like a whole new level. This is like yeah, the worst team in the NFC West is the Rams, maybe. Yeah. And so like, like, they, they could still make were, playoffs. Like they have a chance to make playoffs. If They're you not were terrible. making like a power rankings of the NFL, they probably all four teams are probably in the like top twelve. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. They have three NFC contenders mm-hmm. in uh, in the division. It's pretty nuts, but definitely loving the Cardinals here. Moving on to pick number four, we have the Falcons at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I took the Cowboys. I think that the only thing Mike McCarthy does well is uh, run an okay passing scheme, and I think that the Falcons, the way they got exposed last week, is going to come true this week again with Dak uh, slinging the ball. I think that the Cowboys are going to have a pretty comfortable win at home, even though there's no fans. Are they doing fans in Dallas? Mm, I have no idea. I think so. Even though there's no fans, I think that being at home, not having to travel, and just all the things that come with playing a game on the road um, really affect this. And I think that the home advantage, while it might might not be as big while playing, um, I think it's still there. And I think the Cowboys are going to take with this one pretty comfortably, winning by 5-plus. Yep, last week I chose the Cowboys and I lost, so I'm choosing them again here. This was the hardest game for me to pick, though. That's uh, that's my reasoning. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> this was definitely the hardest game for me to pick. Uh, I think it's going to be an offensive shootout and a fun game to watch. I think McCarthy comes out and lands his first victory on the season in a sweaty game that is uh, high scoring. And yeah, I'm taking Cowboys. I had a tough time picking this game i really do not like this line at four and a half i really think it's that's that is a good number there if i was going to put any money on this game it's going to be on the over under i think this is going to be a shootout the shootout of the week both teams have good offenses and pretty subpar defenses i think 53 and a half i think it's going to go well over that but if i was going to decide anyone i'm going to go with the points with the falcons i think they could be within a field goal in this game so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the points at four and a half with the Falcons. All right. All right. A little split there. Um, so moving on to Seabass. I think he picked the Cowboys, yes. Mm-hmm. So I was the only okay. one that went with the Falcons okay. there. Nice. Okay, so okay. B going against the grain here with the Falcons. Last pick of week two, we had the Patriots and the Seahawks. I think Bill Belichick has a little man crush on Russ that's been coming out over the yeah, past week. Have you guys been seeing that? Uh-huh. He's mm-hmm. like analyzing his film and shit. That's pretty. Uh, it's pretty funny. Russ but is a fucking tank, though. He is he's honestly. Just, he's uh, he's a definite like athletic crush. He's always he's a, always elite. Such a stud. 
Um, but the Pats go to Seattle as four-point underdogs. So I loved what I saw out of Seattle last week. I'm going to take them to keep rolling. Uh, this was my biggest bet of the week, actually, in, on Seahawks minus four. I think Russ is going to continue to cook uh, to a little bit more of a mild degree as Pete Carroll comes to his normal senses and uh, runs with Chris Carson a little bit more. But I think the way they were looking last week is a team that can really contend in the NFC. I think they're going to come uh, to Seattle. Well, they're staying in Seattle, but I think they're going to uh, play this game at home really well, fire on all cylinders, and beat the Pats by at least a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, crazy stat here. This is the first time the Pats have been underdogs since 2016 when Jimmy G took over uh, Brady's suspension. I think mm-hmm. the Pats were like like 9-point or 10-point wow. underdogs or something like that for that game. I might be making that up, but it was, it was some high number. Didn't they win that game they, too? Yeah, I was going to talk about that. <laughs> the Pats won that game 23-21. to That was when the Fitz-Fury started. Fitzgerald oh. caught like six passes on like the last drive, the Cardinals, oh, yeah, yeah, and they yeah, went down yeah. the field. And then the kicker, I forgot who it was back in the day, but he missed, he missed the kick, he yep. missed the kick, and they won 23-21. It's a Fitz Fury. Fitz Fury. <laughs> anyway, uh, Seattle's offense is legit, based just solely off Week One performance. Russ looks like an an easy MVP candidate for the season. Um, this week that he does play the Pats D, which is a tough defense. They performed well last week, but it also was against the Dolphins. Uh, I'm taking Pats here. I think they win by a slim victory or they'll lose by like a field goal to Seattle. I think the Seahawks looked like the best team in the NFC in week one, um, but we'll see how they do against a stronger defense in the Patriots. Even so, I don't think the Pats have the firepower to really keep up with the Seahawks. I think Edelman's really the only reliable weapon on the outside for Cam. And then with the state of the backfield of what the Patriots have in the backfield right now cam's going to be their leading rusher every game this year with yeah. the way that it looks right now with sony michelle james white and burkhead i mean doesn't look good there i think uh russ puts up enough points against the pats that they will cover for at home all right all right i like it i agree the seattle seahawks are looking like the nfc's best all right boys tail those picks win yourself some money but that should about wrap it up for this episode. Um, gave you a little bit of a look back on a week one, a little insight into week two. Good luck in your matchups. May you avoid injuries. Don't lose too much money. Yeah, don't lose too much money. Expose DraftKings for those uh, those bonuses. And as always, tail our bets. So good luck, boys. We will see you probably next Saturday on the cast. So peace out. It's the commish. Later. Later, boys.